0: Good morning everyone and on this blustery, blowy Sunday morning can we extend to you a warm welcome as we come to worship Almighty God online. Some announcements just to keep you up to speed. Uh, We continue our youth worship uh, this Sunday evening uh, at half past five with Mark Annett. So we encourage all of our teens and twenties to get involved and engaged with that then I am on holiday this incoming week, uh, so there will be no uh, Wednesday night Bible study or no uh, Zoom prayer meeting. Next Sunday, there will be Sunday School Online, uh, as normal, from 10 a.m., and our Sunday worship at 11.30 a.m. will be conducted by Mark Annett. And anyone uh, requiring urgent pastoral care during the week, they should make contact with David Scott, and then David will put them in touch with the covering minister. Today we're coming uh, to study the second part of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 under the title Made for More. And Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 is our call to worship. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Friday past was Darwin Day, uh, and much was made of Charles Darwin and his contribution regarding evolution. And God's word is clear to us this morning that we are God's handiwork, that we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us today. And so it would be good, it would be appropriate for us this morning to draw our breath, to pause and to realise that in this world God has appointed things for you and only you to do. We are created for his purposes. With that in mind, we need to tell people about God. We need to tell people about Jesus. We need to tell people about the gospel And so we turn to the words of our opening hymn, We Have a Gospel to Proclaim. just as in our call to worship we're told that we were created to do things we realize there are things that we can't do in this world we're singing about christ and how there were things that only he could do and he came as the son of god in the flesh lived a sinless life died and rose again so that we could have eternal life only he could pay the price for our sins let us turn to Almighty god in prayer let us pray heavenly father as we bow this day we pray lord god that you would encourage us to pause in your holy presence lord as we pause We pray that you would draw our thoughts to think of you. That you would draw our thoughts to think of the words of scripture. And Lord, that on this day, as we think about being made for so much more, that you would help us to realise, to appreciate and to dwell upon the fact that we are created by you. We are created and given responsibilities and tasks on this earth that no one else can do lord what a wonderful god you are what a wonderful creator lord we acknowledge that you have made us for your worship and for your plan lord we confess before you today that we have not always been focused on you we have not always obeyed your word and so we pray that you would forgive us for the sins that we have committed. Father God, we thank you that there is forgiveness for our sins. There is a solution to our sin, and that is found in Christ Jesus. Father God, we thank you today that he was obedient to you, that he was willing to come into this world, God in the flesh, to do what only he could do lord god we thank you for your plan of salvation we thank you for your gift of salvation that we could not earn that we do not deserve yet lord we know that you have placed within us a hankering after something more than this world can offer you have placed within us a space for christ and christ alone we pray lord that today each of us may have that space filled by the presence of the Holy Spirit, as we pray in and through the name of Jesus. Amen. Our Bible reading is from Ecclesiastes chapter three, and will be brought to us by Murray Allen.
1: the worker gain from his toil i have seen the burden god has laid on men he has made everything beautiful in its time he has also set eternity in the hearts of men yet they cannot fathom what god has done from beginning to end i know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live that everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil this is the gift of god I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that men will revere him. Whatever is has already been and what will be has been before and God will call the past to account. And I saw something else under the sun. In the place of judgment, wickedness was there. In the place of justice, Wickedness was there. I thought in my heart, God will bring to judgment both the righteous and the wicked, for there will be a time for every activity, a time for every deed. I also thought, As for men, God tests them so that they may see that they are like the animals. Man's fate is like that of the animals. The same fate awaits them both. As one dies, so dies the other. All have the same breath. Man has no advantage over the animals. Everything is meaningless. All go to the same place. All come from dust, and to dust all return. Who knows if the spirit of a man rises upwards, and if the spirit of the animal goes down into the earth. So I saw that there is nothing better for a man than to enjoy his work, because that is his lot. For who can bring him to see? what
0: will happen after him. Our thanks to Murray for that reading of scripture and we pray for God uh, to bless it and for his Holy Spirit to teach us from it uh, as we study it uh, during our service. At this point in our worship, we want to turn uh, to our boys and girls and young people and spend some time Uh, with them. I I was thinking during the week about uh, this passage and and how would we talk about it with the boys and girls and young people and I don't know boys and girls if you've still got one of those toys uh, where you were uh, invited asked as part of the puzzle to put round pegs and round holes or there were different shapes in the puzzle and you had to slot them in the right place. Now, I wasn't able to find mine. It must be stored away it's so long ago since I had it. So I thought, well, how, what else can we use with the boys and girls this morning to think about the right shape, to think about things having the right size? So I brought, I brought some containers with me and you might have some of these in your house as well. So I brought a selection of containers like this. Now, in our house, we don't throw anything out, really. If we buy a tub of ice cream, we keep the tub. If if we get a Chinese takeaway, Barbara, she has a whole stack of empty containers out in the utility room. So if we're looking then to store something, we've got them. Even the margarine tubs are still kept. And, And so the tubs are all stacked up inside each other with no lids on and then I maybe go out to utility or Barbara goes to utility and lifts a container and say we lift the container then we go to put something in it so I brought along something nice and runny I brought along some orange juice so say for example we've made a s- up some orange juice and we want to store the orange juice well then We need to be able to put a lid. We need to be able to put a top on the container. So then we're running about and we're looking to see, can we get a lid to fit the container? And here we've got this one. And we see immediately it's the wrong shape. It won't fit onto the container. It won't seal in the orange juice. and It's not going to work. Uh, So this one looks about the right shape it looks about the right size yeah. and maybe, maybe we could make maybe we could make that one fit uh, there's just a wee bit there's just a wee bit it's not covered at the corner and so what we maybe think we could do is I'll get a sticking plaster I'll take a sticking plaster Oops. Hold on. I'll take a sticking plaster and what I'll do is I'll put that in the corner and that'll maybe keep it in place what about that Put the stick and plaster on, and see if that helps to cover. But you can immediately see that if the orange juice swishes about, it's still going to come out at the corner. It's going to make a mess, isn't it, boys and girls? Well then, what about taking this? Is a big one. If we put this over the top, oh it, yes, it'll be all right. But if we go to shift it down, it's slipping about. I'm, all right, I have a good idea. What we'll do is we'll get some sellotape, and hopefully that'll not spill. And we'll get some sellotape and we'll stick it over it. And you can immediately see, boys and girls, this is this is not easy, is it? This is not easy. And we'll try and put this on. Do you think that'd be handy for transporting your juice? Would you take your juice and put it in your school bag, stuck like that? And the juice swishing about, no, you wouldn't, would you? Because it's a mess. We might think it's the right lid. We might think it would do the job, but it was hard work getting that to sit on there, and it's quite messy. It's It's not the real fit for it, is it? It's not the real fit. And so we can see that if we don't have the right lid, Things are going to be messy. And often that's the case in life that if we don't have the right things in the right place, it's going to be messy. So here's here's a jar, here's a container. What we'll do is we'll take this and we'll put the juice into the container. Some more juice and what we'll do is we'll fill it up There we go. What we'll do is we'll put the proper lid on this container. You see the way that lid is made for it? It screws on, it's nice and tight. You can put that in your school bag, you can put that in your pocket, and the juice, you can shake it about, turn it upside down, and it doesn't come out because that lid is a perfect fit. That lid was made for that jar, and there's no mess boys and girls, King Solomon tells us in this chapter that God has made us and we have a special space that can only be filled by God. And just like we try to take different lids and we try to stick them on with sticky plasters or sellotape them, they're not the right fit. And so often in life we use things like work We use things like sport to fill spaces and gaps in our life. But they're not the right fit. They're not the right thing for the space. And then life gets messy. Here we see the difference that it makes whenever we've got the right lid to fill that space. And so in our lives, when we've got God, God fills the space that he's created so that our lives then, can contain all the things he has planned for us and we can live life to the full and enjoy it so don't try to live life with the wrong lid or filling the space with the wrong thing live life with Jesus and let God keep us safe and secure as that space is filled with him thank you for listening in boys and girls and if you've got if you've got that uh, puzzle at home with the the shapes and the right size you can see that it's easier to to slot them in and only the right shape goes in the right place so we trust that we all learn that there is a place for god in our lives there's also a place in our life for prayer for talking to god and so we're going to come and talk to God we're going to give him thanks we're going to say thank you God for some things and then there's a place to ask God for things and we call it intercession asking for others let's pray Lord God as we bow before you today we thank you for the Bible Lord we thank you for the encouragement and the teaching that it brings to us for the reminder that we have been made by God for a special purpose And we pray lord god that all of us whether as young people or older people that we may grasp the truth of that we may grasp how special that is that we are made for a special purpose lord we thank you for our people for the young people for the middle-aged people for the older people lord we thank you for them and lord we thank you that as a church We want to care for our people. We thank you, Lord, for taking care. Lord, that is a support program for people who are vulnerable, for young boys and girls that we look after through our ministries and church. And Lord, we thank you for those in our congregation who will go through refresher training in the coming weeks so that we can safely care for young people and for vulnerable people lord we thank you for marion ross who fills the position of our designated person lord we thank you for the skills and ability that you have given to her as she acts for the point of contact for advice regarding taking care and the point of contact for dealing with complaints father we thank you for this support and how it helps us to minister and to care for people safely Lord God, we pray for others today. Lord, we pray for those in the Northern Ireland electricity who keep the power supply on. Lord, there are strong winds, the poles shake, the wires blow, and some people can lose their electricity on a daily basis. And we thank you for those NIE workers who go out and ensure that the power supply is working. Lord, our food and our different items come from different countries and so this day we pray for those who are sailing on ships at sea lord where the waves are high where the winds are blowing strong and we pray for them for safe journey that you'd keep them safe lord as they transport the goods for us and lord uh, for those who watch out for people in danger on the sea for the coast guard and for the lifeguards lord we pray for them that you would guide them that you would direct them as they undertake that special work of keeping people safe indeed of saving lives at sea these things we pray in jesus name amen so folks as we work through this series in ecclesiastes uh, we're coming to think about Chapter 3, verses 9 to 22, under under the title of, as you can see on the screen, Made for More. Made for More. It's not Monday yet, and Solomon is getting us to think about work. Tomorrow morning, thousands of people across our country, they, they will go to work in some shape or form, and many of them, they will ask themselves the question that Solomon is asking. What's the benefit of working? Or Solomon said, what gain has a worker from his toil? And it's it's a legitimate question. What do we really gain by working hard? Well, we could say we we gain a day's pay or we, we get our salary at the end of the month. Many will say that they get a sense of satisfaction from the work, that they have self-esteem, they feel valuable because they're doing something. There are many who will feel that they are working to make the world a better place. And these, these are all good things, but they're not necessarily all permanent things. And as people come to the end of their lives, or many people as they come to retirement, they will realize that their lives haven't been meaningful because of the hours they put in at their job. One of my bosses used to say to me that it was sad if all we had to look forward to each day was our pension. He would say there's got to be more to life than working for your pension and with this starting point we see folks that solomon is relevant to us today we see folks that we could go to work tomorrow morning and we could introduce people to solomon we could proclaim the gospel as we're singing through these words of solomon by talking about our work we could be talking about what is the point of working Surely, as human beings, we were made for more. In this passage, if we take the verses 9 to 15, Solomon comes back to this theme or this theology of a person's work. And Solomon is good enough to tell us four things about God and our working lives. Solomon points out, firstly, that work is is a gift to us it's a gracious gift that god gives to us to help us to use our time on earth in a productive honest and meaningful way if we remember back to the the book of genesis adam when he was placed in the garden of eden he had work to do he was asked by god to tend the garden It is good for us to have work to do. It is good for us not to be idle. Secondly, God has given us work for a purpose. Solomon says he has made everything beautiful in its time. Sometimes when our work frustrates us, when we're not happy with what we're doing or how we're getting on with our job or with people, we need to remember we need to pause, we need to take that breath. We need to remember that our work is part of a fine divine tapestry that's being created in this life. We may never see the part that we have played while we're still here on earth. But God has a purpose and a plan and a part that only we can play. Not only that, but our work is also meant to be worshipped to God. God wants us to make all that we do holy by our motives and attitudes to the work which we do. And we could say, surely we were made for more. Man's meaning in life is not found in the multitude of his or her activities. In the end, God is not impressed by whether someone is the managing director in a company or a mother looking after a home. God is not impressed whether someone is a professor in a university or whether they are a person emptying the dustbins. Our status in life is not what is important to God. Meaning in life comes firstly from our relationship to God, our faith, And our trust in Jesus Christ. And then being responsible to the duties that God has given us. And then secondly, having a pleasing attitude to God as we carry out those duties. And folks, don't forget that verse in Ephesians tells us God has created us. And God has created works that only we as individuals can do for him we're important and thirdly part of the purpose of work is to show that there is more to life than work solomon says in in verse verse 11 he has also set eternity in the hearts of men and that's what we're trying to get across with the boys and girls and young people there was a space in the container. The lid was missing and had to be filled with the right lid. The same with the toy at home. The, the shapes are all in different sizes and they only fit into the right place. God has created a space, a gap in our lives, and it's only He can fill. The complication is that we try to fill it with other things. We try to go with cell tape and sticking plasters to to paper over the cracks as we say but it doesn't work it just leads to the juice coming out it just leads to a mess c.s lewis wrote if i find myself if i find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy the most probable explanation is that i was made for another world we as human beings have been created and we have been made for so much more. And then fourthly in this list of points, while life lasts, we ought to take pleasure in the work that God has given to us. Again, Solomon says, I perceive that there is nothing better for them to be joyful and to do good as long as they live And also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. That is God's gift. And so folks, we need to appreciate the work that we have. We need to appreciate the skills that God has given us. And we need to enjoy going into work on a Monday morning. We need to enjoy leaving work on a Friday afternoon or Friday evening. And so Solomon's theology of work is to be medicine for us. And yet we have to see that medicine in its rightful place because too many people in our world place far too much value on our work. They expect it to do things which it was never meant to do. They expect it to be a lid that will fit all containers. They expect that work will be the solution to all problems. And that's not the case Work has a specific place, but it's not the solution to everything. God has created the spiritual void within us. And that cannot be filled with work. That can only be filled through a living relationship with Jesus Christ. There are few things more frustrating in life than trying to push a square peg through a round hole. Or trying to transport orange juice to work or to school in a container in which the lid doesn't fit. God uses work to show us that we need more. To show us that we need God. He uses the time we spend on this earth to direct our thoughts to eternity. To consider that our final destination is either heaven or hell. And everything, as we have learnt in the past couple of weeks, everything under the sun is vanity. But whatever God does endures forever. So that people will trust, honour and revere him. Folks, it's amazing for us to consider this morning that God has put eternity in our hearts. There's something special that keeps niggling away at us. That there's something more to life. There's something more than this world. That there is something after this life. We were made by more. And God has given us a spark. He has placed that within our souls. Great stories. They start somewhere. And they start somehow with someone. And often as you read great stories, they'll start with once upon a time or a long time ago. And our great story, your great story and my great story, started a long time ago with Almighty God. And God has been at work in your life and my life before we were ever born. Before we were born, God knew us. God brought us into this world for a purpose. The psalmist David declared that. Jeremiah the prophet declared that. Ephesians declares that. And so we have been brought into this world for so, so much more than work. We have been brought into this world for a special purpose. And the endless search in life for an answer beyond what we can feel, what we can sense beyond our physical and emotional needs, is described as eternity in man's heart. One of the early church fathers, Augustine, said, Thou hast made us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they learn to rest in thee. Mankind is made different from the animals because it longs for the face of God the evolutionist can't explain that. The evolutionist wants to ignore that. They want to rule out God, but yet they know that there's something longing within their body. C.S. Lewis again wrote these words Our Heavenly Father has provided many delightful inns for us along our journey. But he takes great care to see that we do not mistake any of them for home. Or as the hymn writer says, this this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. There is a longing for home. There is a call deep in the human spirit for more than this life can offer, more than work can give. There's a niche that we cannot scratch with work, with wisdom, with gadgets, with technology, with money, and with property. And that is all part of God's plan. God has made us that way that we desire something more. John Owen, the famous Puritan, like all of us, came to that point where he considered eternity. Where he was preparing for death. And one day we will come to that point in our lives where we know that our life is ending. And in Owen's dying testimony, he wanted to remind his congregation of eternity. He wanted them to know that the only way to see Christ by sight in heaven was to first behold him by faith here on earth if we're going to enter into eternity and meet with christ we then need to meet him by faith while we're here on this earth we need to make time to meet with god god has given us a special place in life because we are created in the image of god he wants us to know about the meaning in life isn't that what you want to know about isn't that what the people you work with tomorrow, they want to know what is the true meaning to life. And Solomon is the one to take them to. He's the one that's searching for answers. We try to live in an insular, secularized world where we try, as Solomon would say, to live under the sun. And yet that that will never give us the answer. We cannot cannot live separated from God. Deep down, we all have this sense that there is something more to this life. Mankind has been uniquely created in the image of God. And as Ecclesiastes says, God has put eternity in our hearts. How, how many people have you talked to? How many conversations have you had with, with someone and they have just lost a loved one? I had a good friend or have a good friend and he lost his father during the week and as all of us can really only do is lift the phone and ring and chat. And so I was just chatting with David about his father. He was talking about Different things that his father did in his life. And we know that there is more to life. We know that there's more than just what goes on in this world. Uh, and, and you will speak to many people, and they will say in the course of conversation uh, that they're at peace now, they're in heaven, they're in a better place, uh, that their suffering is past. They know within themselves that there is more that life just doesn't end at the grave that there's something beyond they may not truly understand or truly appreciate but there is something more on the other side And because of this we will never be fully satisfied in this life no matter what we achieve no matter how many of our goals we reach There will always be something missing. Surely, as we look out on our generation of today, was there ever a generation before that that could be as satisfied as this one? We look out and we see all that we have at the palm of our hand. And yet, despite all our toys, All our wealth, all our quality of life, all our advancements in space and science and health and wealth. The truth is, folks, we are not content. We are not satisfied. And that works out, sadly, in different ways. That works out where people throw themselves into work to find contentment. It works out in people taking their own lives in suicide. It works out in people forming addictive habits. They can't find contentment. They can't find satisfaction. And Solomon says, no they can't. Because they are missing. They are missing something important. They are missing saving faith. In Jesus Christ and when when we put our faith in Jesus Christ that is the perfect shape that is the perfect thing to fill the space that God has created within us that is what gives us meaning in this life that is what gives us true hope beyond the grave and So we should never be so busy, we should never be so distracted by the affairs of this life that we overlook that. And folks, as we live life, as we go to work on Monday morning and work through our week, God intends us to enjoy our work. God intends us to get satisfaction from work the satisfaction that work can give, but remember that there is still much, much more. Solomon has been and will continue in this book of Ecclesiastes to paint a picture of a secular world of man without God. But now and then in his writings, small cracks appear that let some light into an imperfect secular world. A world without God. On this occasion, in verses 16 and 17, it comes through our moral conscience. We're made aware of this inner demand for justice. Again, within us, no matter who we are, we have this sense of fairness. We have this sense of seeing the right thing being done. And human beings have a moral conscience to varying degrees there are people that they wouldn't profess knowing jesus as savior but they would say that their life is a moral one it's clean and they live it to a high standard there are others again who deny god and they wouldn't think twice of lifting a gun to kill someone to grow and develop and maintain their drugs empire they have a different set of morals a different level of consciousness but the flip side is that humans across this planet demand justice and yet if we demand justice we're then looking for a perfect judge and solomon is pointing us that god is the perfect judge but solomon is saying Okay, so you don't believe in God, you want to live without God. Well, who has put this thing in your head that there should be justice, that life should be fair? Who put this question in your head? Who is the true judge? Solomon is playing with the words here to get people, particularly those who have no time for God, to think how they're made. Why do they think certain things and think in a certain way? Solomon sent us home today with two pieces of advice. Firstly, Solomon says through verses 12 and 13, I perceive that there is nothing better for them to be joyful and to do good as long as they live, also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his work. This is God's gift to man. Be joyful. Do good. Eat, drink and take pleasure in what you do. That is a gift from God to you. And secondly, Solomon advises us, consider that God has created a space in our lives that only He can fill. This morning folks. As we prepare to wrap up. Solomon is saying. That we were made. For so much more. He's saying. Don't miss out. On the life that God has planned for you. And so as we close this morning. As we think about that space. That God has. Created within us. How are you trying to fill it? Are you filling it with work? Or are you filling it with faith in Jesus Christ? Amen. Let's turn to the words of our closing hymn. uh, Following on from what we've been saying about filling that space. Who can cheer the heart like Jesus? Now may the love of God enfold us, the wisdom of the Son enlighten us, the fire of the Holy Spirit kindle us, and may the blessing of God Almighty come down upon us and remain with us forevermore. Amen.